How many of you have ever tried to sneak out of your house late at night? Have you ever tried to sneak out of the house late at night? Um, it's a tricky thing, isn't it, to sneak out of the house? Um, I have a, as you know, a six-year-old and a two-year-old, and I've had the opportunity to sneak out of my house to go to my classes, my doctoral classes in Atlanta on several occasions. And um, the trick to getting out of the house is being quiet enough that your two-year-old doesn't hear you sneaking down the hall, because the truth is, two-year-olds hear everything. If the dog barks, if a cat down the street meows, if the wood in the house happens to creak as you're heading down the hallway, she will wake up and let you know that she is wide awake. But that's not the only trick to getting out of the house, though. Uh, The house we live in has a long hallway that you have to sneak out of our room and past the girls' room, but you never know what's lying in the hallway. Do you know this truth? When you have children, you never know what's in the hallway and what sharp, pointy toy was left on the floor. Legos were designed, by the way, to destroy bare feet so that you wake your children up whenever you're trying to sneak out of the house late at night or early in the morning. The scripture text that we're looking at today is the story of a man who has snuck out of his house in the middle of the night to meet with Jesus. He's gone to great lengths to make sure that he was unseen on his way to meet Jesus. Would you join me in prayer this morning? God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to be in worship, this opportunity to hear your word proclaimed. May it inspire us to follow you more faithfully. May it inspire us to come from darkness into your light, into your truth, into your grace. This we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. I find it interesting that Nicodemus goes out under the cover of darkness to meet with the one who will later call himself the light of the world. At the very least, Nicodemus, we know, is curious about just who this Jesus is. But I suspect that there's much more going on with Nicodemus than just this sort of vague sense of wonder about who Jesus is or might be. I think Nicodemus really wants to believe in Jesus. I think he really wants to devote himself to Jesus, maybe even be his disciple, but he isn't ready. He's not ready to come out and be seen with Jesus in the daylight. So he's sneaking out in the middle of the night to meet Jesus at an undisclosed location. I mean, you get evidence that Nicodemus is more than a little bit interested in Jesus because he says all the right things about who Jesus is. He says, Jesus, we know that you are a teacher, You're a rabbi, of course. Jesus, we know that you have come from God. We've seen the miracles that you've done, the blind seeing and the lame walking, and we know that you could only do those things by the power of God. Nicodemus says all of the right things. The problem is, even though he knows Jesus to be all of these things, he's not yet taking the step to meet Jesus in the daylight. And to make his decision public. 
You know, this is really the crux of John's gospel, this tension between being a secret disciple and being known as a disciple of Jesus Christ. John is writing to a community that is having to make the choice between remaining in the synagogue where it's safe and where your family is and where everybody knows you and stepping out of the synagogue into a community that follows Jesus Christ. In fact, there were oaths that had to be sworn in the synagogue to say that you were not one of those Christ followers. You can find this in the uh, writings of the Jewish teachers, these oaths that had to be sworn. So it's very real for these people that John is writing, writing to this tension between being known as a follower of Jesus Christ and just sort of being a secret follower of Jesus Christ. If you choose to follow him, you are risking everything, everything that you've known and loved, that you might gain everything. One person who writes about this text says that if any character from the Bible can be regarded as representative of 21st century church members, it might be Nicodemus. Nicodemus, in many ways, is just like us because he does exactly what we tend to do with our own faith. We separate it from the rest of our lives. We compartmentalize who we are at work or at school or on Friday nights or Saturday nights or maybe Sunday nights, I don't know, in ways that allow us to be who we want to be and do what we want to do and yet still have faith in Jesus Christ. We know how to act in the boardroom or the classroom. We know how to act among friends. We even know how to act at church. And I'm gonna say that again, see if the choir's awake. We even know how to act at church, right? We even know how to act at church. We know all of the right answers. We've memorized the Apostles' Creed and the Lord's Prayer and probably Psalm 23. And we show up some and we maybe even give some. And that's enough for us to feel like we've given, given our lives to Jesus Christ when the truth is we've only given part of our lives, part of our life to Christ. And here's the deal. It's not that compartmentalized faith isn't faith. It's just not complete. It's just not complete. It's not mature. It's not what Jesus really wants for us. Jesus doesn't want us sneaking out to meet him in the middle of the night to proclaim our devotion. He wants to see us as his faithful followers in every moment and every second of our day. Nicodemus is trying to make sure he can be everything that he already is. A Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, a leader of the people, and a secret disciple of Jesus Christ. The problem is, you just can't be a secret disciple. We either walk with Jesus in the light or we sneak around in the darkness because we think that it might be embarrassing to be seen with Jesus or it might make others uncomfortable to be around us if they knew what we really believe and who we really serve. I think the main reason that we choose to walk in darkness with Nicodemus is because we, like him, are just as afraid of what we might lose if we choose to make our faith known. The truth for Nicodemus is if he makes his faith known, he is going to lose everything that he has built his life on. 
You don't get to be a Pharisee overnight. You don't just get to be a member of the Sanhedrin, the ruling 70 in Jerusalem. You don't just get to be a leader of the people by chance or by luck. These are the things that Nicodemus would have worked his whole life for, and he'd be walking away from it all if he went public with his faith. And just when we're confronted in the scripture text with all that Nicodemus has to lose and by, and by inference, all that we have to lose if we should choose to put our whole faith, our whole trust in Jesus Christ, we're confronted by the very heart of the gospel. And you know that heart, don't you? You've seen it at football games, on billboards and on signs. You've probably even met somebody that's got it tattooed on their arm, John 3.16. We all know that. If you grew up in church, you know that verse because along the way, some Sunday school teacher made you memorize John 3.16 and 17. But in case you've forgotten, I want to remind you of the heart of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. I want you to hear it again. Because this is the story that inspires us all. This is the truth that inspires us all to come from the darkness into the light. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is what God has done for you. And I don't mean that in the understood you sense, this vague sense of all of us. I mean you personally. God has done this for you individually. God has sent his son as the atoning sacrifice of our, for our sin. God has sent his son to rise from the grave that we might rise with him. God is not sitting in the darkness. God is out in the light, intervening in our lives and in our world so that we might have life. Through Jesus Christ, God himself has shown the depth of his devotion, the depth of his love toward us. Shouldn't we do the same thing for God? Shouldn't we, if we trust him, come out of the darkness? Shouldn't we start making our way out into the light? But the truth is, we're a lot like Nicodemus. Making Jesus the Lord and Savior of our lives means giving Jesus access to every part of who we are. And that might mean that we have to be something or maybe even someone different than who we already are. It might mean that we have to give up some things, some things that we've worked a long time to establish. It means that we must become Christ's followers first. And then husbands or wives or fathers and mothers. And then doctors and teachers and children. It means that our identity is first found in the one whom we love and whom we serve. I want you, if you will, to take out your Bibles that are there in front of you in the pews. And look again at John 3, 5-9. I'll give you just a second. 
John 3, 5 to 9. Because there, Jesus tells Nicodemus something very important for us to understand. He tells Nicodemus that if he wants to see the kingdom of God, this is John 3, 5 to 9, if he wants to see the kingdom of God, if he wants to come out of the darkness and into the light, that he has to be born again. Now the word there in Greek is, is anothen. And that word anothen has two meanings. First, it means to be born again in a very literal sense, to be reborn um, as Nicodemus catches. But it also means to be born from above. And as I said, Nicodemus, he only catches that one meaning, to be born again. But what Jesus is getting at is that in order for Nicodemus and you and for me to see the kingdom of God, we are going to have to have a spiritual rebirth that transforms every single part of our lives. The way we work, the way we play, the way we treat our families, the way we teach our children. You can't stay in the darkness and be in the light at the same time. You have to choose one or the other. You have to choose where you're going to live your life. All of this puzzles Nicodemus. And in in verse 11, before he disappears, excuse me, verse 9, before he disappears in the text, And Jesus begins his discourse. Nicodemus says these words, how can these things be? How can these things be? And then he just leaves. We don't see Nicodemus again until after the death of Jesus. When we assume that he helped with the burial practice of Christ. I wonder if you will take that step this morning and do more than walk away with your questions, but instead put your whole trust in Jesus. My prayer, my hope for you this morning is that you might feel challenged to do more than what Nicodemus did at this point. I hope that you might choose even now in these moments to put your whole trust in God, to put your whole trust in the work of his son, Jesus Christ, that you might come out of the darkness of sin and brokenness and into the light of God's love, into the beauty of God's grace, into the joy of God's salvation. But in order to do that, you have to be willing to leave the darkness and to make it known just who you are what you are, and whose you are. May we give up being secret disciples. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Lord, we thank you that you have made known the work that you have done on our behalf. Lord, may we make known the work that you've done in our lives and the work that you are calling us to do in this world. May you strengthen us for the decisions we have to make. Would you give us courage to stand up for you, not only in private or on Sunday morning, but in every moment and in every time and every place, God. 
would you give us the strength to live as your disciples, not only when it's convenient, but in all times and in all places. This we pray in the name of he who calls us from darkness to light, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior and our Redeemer. Amen.